Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, it's me, Dana Marie, and welcome to the latest installment of the Cocktails and Conversations podcast. Thanks for listening in. And before we get into uh, one of my absolute favorite people who's going to be a guest today, I wanted to get into the cocktail that we are making in case you wanted to make some of it as well. It is, I think it's like, it just feels easy. I know that I I tend to make, you know, kind of easier cocktails and very attainable things that you can make at the end of the day. Um, but this one is also just feels like the easiest to me because you just like combine all these things together and it's so delicious and easy to drink. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, so it's kind of like a twist on a white Russian, which I always find myself drinking in the fall or winter time. And it starts out with, of course, an ounce of Tito's uh, handmade vodka. And then I have been introduced lately to a product called New Ground, which is also too delicious <laughs> to drink. It's, I've, yeah, I've been drinking them almost nonstop. Um, but you can find them at Publix and Lucky's Market. And it is basically, they have two versions, a chai and a coffee, and they both have booze. And it's basically kind of like a very creamy, um, uh, yeah, coffee, cafe latte drink. Very, it's got this Dutch cream in it. So it's like super creamy. The chai does not have caffeine and the, uh, coffee one does. So today we are making chai. Um, so chai about, I usually am using about a half a can. I don't know how much the cans are. <laughs> Um, about half a can of the Thai new ground, um, an ounce of Tito's. And then I fill a cup with ice and then pour, top it off with, uh, like creamer or half and half, and then sprinkle some cinnamon on top and just like stir that all together. And that's it. It's just really easy and simple. And, and it's a, a great dessert cocktail. It's a great cocktail, um, to serve around Christmas. Um, as it gets colder, I just, it's very, very creamy and delicious. So hopefully you will enjoy it. Um, the guest today is my friend Jessica Bott, who I've known for quite a long time and is somebody that I am around often in my, uh, world in my life and is somebody who will kind of get into it as we talk, but is a very steady person very, very responsible, um, and has a lot of wisdom to share. And so that's somebody that I sometimes bounce ideas off of or have, um, a a situation in my life that I'm not sure exactly what I want to do, but, um, a very steady person for me. And I'm, I'm so excited to share her story and her, um, path towards, um, healing and her path towards, um, confidence and, um, yeah, finding her purpose and walking in that and, and knowing that we all have very beautiful things, I think, created within us and finding those 
<clears throat> excuse me, finding those things and being able to find a life path within that and, and what kind of like can keep us on a healthy path and in the things that we were created to do. So I hope you enjoy this um, time with Jessica Bott and um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Hello, Jess. Bot. <clears throat> There's so many Jessicas, so mm. maybe just clarifying that in the beginning, Jessica Bot. Jessica Bot. Thanks for being here on Cocktails and Conversation. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Dana Um, On this lovely winter Florida evening yes. that we have. 70-something degrees. 70 something. I'm not mad at it, but I also, like, when it's a little bit chillier, mm. I also am okay with that, too. A little bit, but today was perfect. I don't know. It was very beautiful. Anyway, so cheers. Thank cheers. you for being here and spending your time doing some drinking with me. I always love to, mm-hmm. you know, with you especially. I do know. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so today is probably one of the easiest drinks that I have made for this <laughs> podcast or just in general because they are very delicious and they only require a handful of ingredients, which is usually my MO. But this one is Gosh, it just feels like too easy to make and also too too easy to drink. Also too easy to drink. Also too easy to drink, as we're going to find out. So this podcast might get a little bit better as it goes <laughs> along, but we will see. So we start out with Tito's, and then we add some New Ground, which is um, like a chai latte drink that has booze in it. So it's, it's like double, very good. Du- yeah, yeah, very good. Double dipping. Double dipping, double the booze. And then adding a little bit of like half and half to that and topping it off with cinnamon. Yes. So it kind of feels like a fall, very fall drink, very like white Russian-ish, mm-hmm. um, creamy, vodka-y. Which good. we like. Which we like. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It even feels very holiday. It does feel holiday. As we're in we December, holiday. you know. And as I said, yeah. look at my Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, spice, spices and it creamy. It is really and- the most wonderful time mm-hmm. of the year. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's like, I wanted to stick around, but then if it stuck around, then it wouldn't be special True. for like the season that it is. Yes. So it is meant to be only once a year. Yes. So we get to look for it and anticipate it. And I love it. And I always want it to last just a little bit longer. Right. I don't know about you. Like the lights. Like the I, lights. I'm always sad when people start taking them down early in January. So if you're one of those, don't uh-huh. worry. But leave them up. Leave them up. So when, when do you usually take your sound? Our family tradition was kind of around Super Bowl. Oh, okay. so it's a little wild. Yeah. I don't know if people into, out here do that, you know. But into February. Well, very beginning. Of February. Yeah, end of January, early okay. February, very first. Usually the very end of January. Right. That was kind of Super our tradition. Bowl is like first week of February. Yeah. Ish. But okay. Yeah. Long time. I don't. I'm not mad at it. I love Christmas you know, lights. So cheery. I kind of have them all year round. Yeah, <laughs> at my house, I just left them up outside uh, because I I love lights for sure. I think we could all do it. We'd be so, okay. question for you: All right, what would be a cocktail that you adore, and or a drink that is like your go-to drink that you just yeah all the time? You know that is the one. What what is your go-to drink? A dirty martini. A dirty martini. Yeah. Okay. With extra olive juice. And mm. if they have them, blue cheese stuffed olives, I will, <clears throat> as you would say, won't be mad about that. You won't be mad about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That quite possibly could be the polar opposite of <laughs> like, literally the drink that would be my favorite. <laughs> 
Olives are not in my <laughs> vocabulary. You're like, why? Unless it's olive oil. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the okay. way I feel about mushrooms, you feel about olives. Well, I don't like mushrooms. No, either. wait. You don't like mushrooms. I don't. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Pork. No, we have that in common. Mushrooms, olives, yeah, yeah. pickles, and oysters. I don't like. Yeah. Oysters, I'm a little here and there on those. It oh, depends. So. I, I've tried them a couple times and I just feel like if I want to gulp <laughs> ocean water, <laughs> I could do that anytime for free. I like oysters much better than I like mussels. Oh, I like mussels. So. Right. Everyone has their little things. They do. I forgot that we showed the mushroom connection. Yep. The mushroom connection. Mm, unless it's like <laughs> a pureed mushroom or a mushroom in a sauce. Yeah, where you can't. Where you can't have the yes. texture of mushrooms. Exactly. They freaking Ugh, freak me so out. So gross. It's bark. really gross. <laughs> oh my gosh. I freaking hate mushrooms. I tried them again the other day. I will try things yeah, from same. time to time and I'm like, I still hate this. It That's is- how I feel about cantaloupe and honeydew melon. I try them, but I decided maybe three years ago or five years ago, no, no more trying. No You're more. done. You're done with okay. this. Right. You yeah. know that you... As the kids would say, they're canceled. Okay. Canceled them. <laughs> okay. You have canceled mushrooms. Cantaloupe. And Can- mushrooms. Cantaloupe and honeydew. And honeydew melon. And, and mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So we could now apply that to inanimate objects. That might be nicer. To cancel something? Yeah. <laughs> what do you not mean, people. Cancel chairs? Not people. Right? <laughs> We're not canceling I'm people, canceling people. canceling a couch. <laughs> um, that's great. So, okay. So give me give me a, maybe top three. So your first one is a Journey Martini barf. Yeah. Um, what are other cocktails that you would like if you're going out on a, on a mm. night out? Would you tend to gravitate towards? I used to love an Amaretto Sour. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. haven't had one in a while, but I think it's sour. so, yeah, it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit too sweet yeah. for me now. Yeah. But I love. That used to be my go-to drink. Loved those. Yeah. And. I do love amaretto and drinks. Yeah. It's kind of good, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like, if I'm feeling like I want something rich, you know, where I'm not overly full and I'm going to just, it's almost like dessert. Mm-hmm. I love something with like Bailey's or, mm-hmm. you know, over ice. That's always like a great yes. choice for me. <laughs> I can fully get on board with that one. I used to like before I like maybe 10 years or 12 years ago before I was like very, very much more into cocktails. I would go out and I would have like a Bailey's on ice mm-hmm. and like that would be my drink. Yeah. Which sometimes is a little bit weird, but it was just something that was so comforting. Well, and if and you I enjoy would, it. I would know every t- single time. Yeah. You're going to love it. I love yeah. Bailey's. Yeah. So why is it weird? That's what I want to say to you. Um, it just feels like, I mean, in the appropriate, like an after dinner cocktail or an Mm -hmm. after dinner drink that feels like the very right place for it. But if someone's having a glass of wine and I'm having a Bailey's, (laughs) I don't know. It just didn't feel like they were like, huh? Okay. I mean, not that I care what people think about my drink order, but (laughs) I I say do it if you want to do it. I did it. Yeah. Good. Good. And then I really learned a lot more and I was like, well, Bailey's will have a, a much better place as an after dinner yeah. dessert cocktail versus like just, I didn't know what else to order mm-hmm. mainly. I was sure. like, I know I like Bailey's, but now I know much better. Now you know better. Now you have <laughs> yeah. more options. Yeah. So if you had to take somebody from out of town out for a cocktail mm-hmm. in Orlando, greater central Florida area, yes. where would you go for a drink? For a drink. Uh, so 
top three places overall. Okay. So it doesn't oh, that feels like, whoa. Because mm-hmm. you know me, I'm not a super like bar person. Sure. I'm more of a nice restaurant. Go to the they bar. Be, yeah. Okay. Go to the bar. Oh, gosh. Bar. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a yeah. bar bar. Can great. Be to go get a great where, cocktail or a yeah. drink. Um, well, some of my favorite martinis, mm-hmm. in case anyone's wondering, uh, the... Dirty Martini at SoCo is awesome, as is it at Maxine's on Shine. Okay. That's, like, delicious there. Delicious there. Mm-hmm. So those two places are kind of neat to go and have a little bite mm-hmm. and a great little cocktail. Um, i trying to think. I really – I like the guest house, but I like sitting outside. It's so crowded usually. Mm-hmm. Yet to go to the sunroom, but welcome again to where I'm at. In right. my current life right. season. But when you get a chance, Sunroom is going to be a great revelation to you. Because <laughs> I will love it. So beautiful yes. and delicious. Yes. And not as crowded as the guest house. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm kind of thinking of stuff that places that are close to home mm-hmm. that I don't have to go far but can quickly meet up with somebody or those are kind of my go-tos. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. You can walk to. Yeah. And guest house is very close. Very close. Right mm-hmm. around the corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Those are good spots. And then from there, you'd order a dirty martini mm-hmm. or the other things. Yes. Right. Or, you know, Soko, I haven't done this at Maxine's, but um, I love a good, oh, I have done this at Guest House, though, great scotch. You know, so if I'm yes. not doing a cocktail, if mm-hmm. I'm just doing something straight up, which is more of my preference, is, is like a great, neat, neat scotch. scotch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of your faves? Mm-hmm. I'm bad at remembering. Okay. Here's what I like to say. Uh, is it smoky? Okay. And is it smooth? Does it have a little caramel hint? We're good. You tell me what you have. If it's along those lines, I'm probably going to like it. Great. But Fair I enough. Should, I should keep a list. I'm pretty terrible at remembering things like that, though, to be honest. Usually when you go somewhere, they're also very helpful in that regard, mm-hmm. and so they can point you in the right direction, and they would love to for you to buy a scotch off of them, so they will give you <laughs> some nice suggestions. Some nice suggestions. And they're like, please give us your money. And give I'm like, money. here it is. We'll give you some scotch. <laughs> and it's they do. a lot of it. <laughs> it's just a little bit. But you will enjoy it. But you will enjoy it. Because we'll pick a good one for mm-hmm. you. And they usually do. Yeah. So. We had a nice... Glenn Lovett the other night? Yes. Yeah. That was good. Right? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. very, very nice. Aged yes. how long? 14 years. 14 years. We were really fancy. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I do love whiskey mm. in general. Mm. Bourbon's definitely more my landing point, but um, scotch is also great and makes for great cocktails. It also does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can mix things with it in case you need to know. You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I made, I think, a drink called the Irish Maid or oh. something like that the other day or a couple weeks ago for a dinner party, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So I was trying to think the other day. I've known you for quite a while, and our initial mm-hmm. meeting point was through Paul. Or, like, how did I initially, like, connect with you for... Yeah. I mean, I know we have a lot of mutual friends, so maybe it was just... just I think it was just around in our community. Yeah. Community. Uh Yeah. Okay. Our church community, et cetera. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And then I remember, though, you one time, I don't know if it was, like, my first full summer here, but you were like, hey, you should come over to my house and we should have tea on the porch. 
And I said, yeah. sure, okay. Like, that was so sweet. So yeah. I remember, and it was when you lived on the other side of town. When I lived on um, Orange. On Orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, on Orange. That and the one. showed up there, and you made us tea. Yeah. And we sat on your porch, uh-huh. just like you said. Uh-huh. She's true to her word, just in case you, you all need to know. True to her word, Dana right. Marie. And, yeah, and we talked, and then I feel like we just started becoming friends after that, which okay. is so, so sweet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was probably at least, like, 2008 or 2009? Um, 2010. I, I think maybe 10 or 11 because I okay. moved here in uh, August of 2009 and didn't okay, plan so to stay. So I really started to meet people maybe in February or March of 2010. I started realizing maybe I'm not leaving this place. Orlando. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was a big shock. Got it. So we're coming up on 10 years. Just, like, right. just, uh huh. Because yeah. then I moved to Westminster in 2011. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it really must have been so that year. So it must have been the, that year. Yeah. Right. Isn't that wild? Ten uh-huh. years. Cheers again. Cheers to ten to years. To a decade. I love almost it. Almost decade of friendships. Yeah, that's pretty neat, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Those are both great houses. Mm. The second one was the best. <sighs> Stories. <laughs> of that of that home of that home and uh-huh. that time uh-huh. it was so great. So speaking of story, yes, which is one of my favorite things to share with the world. Um, I have asked you here to be able to share about your story, and there is like all the factors that kind of shape us, like where we're placed in the world, the family of origin that we're placed in, our DNA. Um, we don't really get to choose into a lot of the things of um where we're dropped off within the universe true true we, we arrive land there and and then we have to fear out life the rest of the way <laughs> it never ends still doing still figuring life out yeah. can't say that i have mastered that but um i would love to know what it was like growing up in your household hmm. like what your parents were like where you were in the birth order what was the general, like, overall feeling in Jessica Bott's home hmm. as you kind of grew up in your growing up years? In those years. Yeah. Formative years. Yeah. Formative years. So, you know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Colorado, and we lived in Denver proper until I was just about to go into the fourth grade, and then we moved south of the city, which was a big, big change. So, okay. we were kind of city people. And then all of a sudden, my parents bought land, mm-hmm. and we moved into this house on this land um, about 45 minutes outside of Denver. So there was... Was a, it already built? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was like pre-existing house, and it had like uh, a corral or has a corral, and it has like what they call a cow pasture. And I was, you know, it was like shell shock in terms of experience because we had like 7-Elevens, you know, on, on like blocks away on both ends, mm-hmm. like if you went like east to west from our house in, in town. And um, then we moved to this little teeny town that had one stoplight, had a John Deere tractor, store, Whoa. Um, had a post office uh-huh. and a bar and a little restaurant, maybe, so maybe you blink, two. you miss it. Essentially, yes. And right. actually, when we moved there, now that I think of it, it had a four-way stop. It didn't even get the stoplight until maybe a year or two after we moved there. Okay. Now that I think of it. So, like, 
Podunk from big city to Podunk town. And Denver at the time was probably about like what Orlando is now. Okay. Feels like maybe a little bit um, smaller than Orlando is now. So, um, yeah, so it was a big change. But in terms of family, um, my parents and I have a brother and a sister and I'm the middle child. Middle child. Here we go. They all say I have the syndrome. So (laughs) if you ever need to know what that's about, we could talk more. If you have it, we could connect and commiserate potentially over. I mean, I don't have it, but you don't have it. People do. But others do Mm -hmm. potentially. But the nice thing about being a middle child is you learn a lot about peacemaking Mm. or keeping, you know, which I think I've been trying to grow out of the peacekeeping into the peacemaking. There's a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, older brother, younger sister, if I didn't say that part of the birth order. And then, um, yeah, my parents worked a lot. Okay. I had a mom that was actively engaged in her life at work, which I think for me was a great thing, um, to have a strong mom who is doing what she liked to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had the yeah. opportunity, I think when we were younger, they had started the take your daughter to work day way back when. Sure. And I remember in, I think it was maybe the last part of either junior high school, cause mine was still junior high school back then or the first part of high school that that started. And so I remember getting out of school to go to work with my mom and it was just neat to see her in action. Mm-hmm. It was really neat to see her in action. She was in management in um, the healthcare field and mm. um, really fun to see how well she did at what she did. Yeah. And um, so and then, you know, dad also was a super hard worker. Um, work was kind of a I would say a theme of my my wow. home. Okay. Busy was a theme of busy. my home. Yeah. We're so always it always busy. felt like yeah. things were happening around your house or were you involved in a lot of activities? Did they encourage that? Or was um, it just they were busy because just dinner mm-hmm. just got to get on the table and homework needs to be done? Yes. That, uh, more the latter. Okay. So, and there were some activities, but I think for me, I was more inclined to not like add things to the plate of our family Ah. because like my brother was doing things. My sister was doing things just kind of felt like if I do more things, that's going to cause the stress to the stress level. Yeah. In our home. So I'm just going to be, be silent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, um, yeah, it has been such a journey for me of just going, okay. Like I made choices as a young kid about how I was going to help. And that was sort of how I helped. So that was interesting, right? And the older I've gotten, the more I've mm. realized um, that those decisions that I made as a young person, yeah. young child even. To quiet your voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how Did that's contributing. Did your parents ever um, ask about that? Uh, not really. Yeah, I think yeah. that they um, they really had active full lives, and I think that they had a lot going on in their own world, mm-hmm. kind of. And so we were raised very independently. Um, we really had like even summers, they would go off to work and we would uh, be home and we would figure out what we were doing. So there was a lot of imagination, which was neat in our home. Sure. Um, my brother is a creative and, um, I mean, he would just decide what we were all going to do for the day. And then of course, we all would be doing that for the day kind right. of a thing. Um, and, you know, we were happy to go along with it, I think, a lot over the years um, until you kind of reach a point that you're like, stop bossing me around and all the things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that was fun. Older I mean, I, brother. Yeah, older mm-hmm. brother. So he was always up to something. 
And um, my sister was always kind of following along after him. And then somehow I was trying to figure out, navigate, like, what does it look like? At least that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I fit in here? What does it look like to make sure everybody's okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, around this place Um, and that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I, I would say that it was like a happy home. I would just say that it was also a home that was constantly in motion or completely stopped in front of like the television. Ah. So dinner often um, was in front of the TV. Like okay. we didn't really do meals really? around a table. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk really about our days. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that was uh, one of those things that as I grew up and became an adult and started making choices, different choices, and we've done this differently with our family as we've all gotten older. I think now we're kind of like, we're all here. We're going to have a meal together. We're sitting at the table, you know, so. But that wasn't the 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 MO, right? Yeah, growing up. Growing up. So, yeah, it was really like, how do we kind of get through the busyness and then into total like kind of entertainment and then bedtime? Like check out or laugh and then go to bed, you know, and start all over again tomorrow. So I think that I have felt as I've grown up um, more a resistance to that, that sense of busy. Mm. I really feel that we and believe that we make choices Mm -hmm. about how we spend our time. And so just to kind of lump sum everything in like the realm of busy, I'm not a fan of. And I think a lot of that comes from growing up. Like that, but it was, you know, but it was a good home. So, um, stable home, you know, we have our things certainly, and you know a lot more about that, but, um, like every family, things that you need to work through, things that you work out, um, ways that you identify, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that affected me in the way that it did. But now that I know I'm going to do something about that and I'm going to move forward, you know, in my story, in my life, (laughs) hopefully. Yeah. Not everybody does. Right. right? So we all, you know, denial is a nice thing, right? Also we see things and we're like, well, I'm not ready to address that yet. I know it's there. Right. So I'm going to kind of like, bye. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over here and not deal Mm because that's much nicer. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So kind of like, I feel like to me, it's almost that we all go through that, you know, in our own way or extent. And so, right. Yeah. Part of the process. What was just like in middle school? Oh, hmm. I would say I was a very good student. Mm-hmm. I was very responsible. <laughs> uh, I loved uh, supporting my friends and figuring out what they cared about and helping them in okay. any way that I could or just being a supportive, encouraging friend. Okay. Um, I was voted, um, what was that? Oh, man. So funny. I'm trying to remember eighth grade. Oh my gosh. It's like escaping <laughs> me, which is weird. Maybe it's a little bit of our little beverage this evening. Mo- like most like. Yeah, it was like most. Studious? Yeah, it was like or... most considerate. Considerate. There we go. There's the word. I was like, what is the word? I was voted most, most considerate. considerate. Yes. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. In, I mean, you didn't ask about high school. I won't go there. But I would love to hear about high oh, school. I was the first runner up for uh, most likely to have her own talk show someday. Okay. This is very well, interesting. Here we are, here we are right. on your podcast right. right here. I love it. It's your um, warm up. I know. To your own talk show. <laughs> True. Which we, Tana and I talked about this. And yeah. I'm like, oh, we'll just feel this out. Your own podcast. So right here. Here we are. Yeah. 2019. It's crazy. <laughs> Anyone can have a podcast. It does not matter if it's you have true. 
Yeah. Qualifications are not. <laughs> you can just here buy I some am. equipment. Here we are. Yeah. And, and have a lovely drink in the world. our dining room and say hey to hey. whomever wants to listen. We're That's so right. glad you're here. Yeah. Right? So you're doing it. Here we are. Maybe that's still <laughs> in your future. Might Most be. consider it in middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second likely to have a talk show in yeah. high school. Yeah. And very studious. Very studious. Okay. Yeah. Very, very much like a person that just loved to be with my friends. I mean, I mm-hmm. that was kind of me. And so I think that um, I put a lot of stock and even identity mm-hmm. in that. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as you grow up once again and learn about yourself and the reasons that you do things, I think yeah. a lot of it's because I felt like, oh, at least I can help people, you know. So in my family, maybe I can be helpful here by doing X, Y, and Z. And then in my friendships, maybe I can be helpful here by doing X, Y, and Z. Do you feel like being helpful was like not making any waves? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Eliminating the waves. Eliminating the waves. Yes. So everyone mm-hmm. else can have a smooth existence. Yes. But I still have yes. emotions. Yes. And things that I would like to be seen or to be heard. So as you may know or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail because it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. I learned a lot about that in my 20s. Sure. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can only hold, I think, you can only hold things in so long. Right. Because the reality is you're not really actually holding them and there's fruit in your life of that thing that you're holding in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so. And it's going to somehow make its way to the service. It will. And be, be disruptive. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we just love it so much. Yeah. 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 So middle school, high school, you really loved kind of supporting other players, mm-hmm. supporting your friends, supporting your family. Yeah. And then kind of keeping a medium profile, profile. to just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So did you enjoy studying? Like, did you, yeah. en- like- I mean, to, to, I liked achieving. Achieving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I never wanted to be like the valedictorian or salutatory. You know, I, okay. I just wanted to do well and I wanted to, uh, have good relationships. And I, I even remember my teachers, I loved it when I felt like I had a connection with a teacher. Like there's something I know that's so like, (laughs) (laughs) but I had a few teachers that really in high school in particular, that really challenged me and believed in me and, Mm -hmm. uh, helped me to take really big steps forward, like invited me into more. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that really shaped my life when they Ah. saw something in me, when Mm -hmm. I was used to not really feeling very seen and for them to like call that out in me and invite me into Mm -hmm. more, like Mm -hmm. we really feel like you should do an AP class and we feel like you'd be great at this. And, Oh, would you be my teacher's assistant? That would be really fun to get to spend more time with you and have you take care of things for me. And so Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, 
one word that I've understood about my life, specifically even in the last decade, that sounds like a long time, but I've been learning a lot about how being competent became a very, uh, like a theme for me. Strong motivator. Yes. Mm -hmm. So to be uh, seen as someone who's competent and could handle things and be responsible and uh, be respected, that was something that I felt very like glad to be known for. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it was because it was masking a lot of stuff that was missing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can concur with that. Mm. Yeah. There is a very anxiousness of not feeling like I can execute a job that I'm set out for. And if I can't, what does it say about me? About me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I feel very uh, all, mm-hmm. frightening. That, that right? is a frightening um, theme. Mm. Yeah. In my life. Come to see providing for myself, you know, all those like minor things that we have to deal with. <laughs> oh, you know, right. Just being a grown up, welcome, adulting. Being a grown up, adulting. Yeah. Um, so as we grow into adults and we get to kind of shape our own life and our own story, and still things happen that are out of our control, and um, but we do have more of a capacity to shape our story and to shape the things that. Um, we want to become and things that are going to be, you know, playing out in our lives. Like, has there ever been a time, a season, an event, or just an overall feeling of like something that you have been devastated by and kind of how did you pick yourself up out of that and come out physically, emotionally? How did you kind of move through that season? Um, and continue on with life. Continue on with life. We all have things. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. Um, so, uh, you know, I would say the, f- like, n- maybe not the first real breaking point, but something that happened in my 20s that really created a pathway for me to begin to uncover mm-hmm. things from earlier years and really set me on a, on a path into a lot of transformation, a lot of healing. I was in a real serious relationship. It was kind of a whirlwind. Um, we, within just a few months, um, kind of a short frame of time, we talked about getting married, met each other's parents. Um, and you were in your twenties. Yeah. mm -hmm. I was, uh, 24. I think we knew each other when I was like 23, 24. And, um, getting ready to turn 25 and we broke up. I, I ended up breaking up actually, cause I felt totally like he completely just distanced himself from me, mm-hmm. like in this rapid fashion. It was like, everything had been so quick in general with us. And then all, so all it of a ramped sudden, up really fast. Yes. And then it deescalated like very fast. Yeah. It felt like overnight or I mean, it wasn't oh, wow. that fast, but it, right. it, you know, the feeling of it was like, this has been such a short time frame in general. And I had, in the years prior to that, I had, uh, kind of been in this back and forth, uh, thing that wasn't a, a defined relationship with someone else. That's what's in the book that like first section of it, but right. like, um, the, but this relationship was like, so on and off, And I found myself kind Mm -hmm. of at the off going like in my closet, literally on the floor, close the door, like a walk-in closet, crying, Mm -hmm. not sure what to do Mm -hmm. with myself. And, um, I'd never heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Felt that heartbroken. Um, like since, you know, maybe like a thing in high school kind of a thing, but I think in high school, 
it just felt like a different kind of a thing at the time. And I felt like I'd worked through that, you know what I mean? But this like was like this new layer of something Mm -hmm. and, um, completely felt devastating. And I remembered one of like one of those days I was like totally broken, um, calling my dear friend who, had been in counseling and I just said to her, I don't know what else to do. And she's like, well, you could see if, you know, my counselor is taking on new people and Mm. counseling in my family was not a thing. Like you didn't do that. Sure. And so it felt like this very risky Mm -hmm. endeavor to kind of move toward like, Hmm. what do you do in counseling? (laughs) You know, like this is very new territory. And so I ended up reaching out to her counselor and just saying, basically like, uh, this breakup just happened. I'm crying all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Are you taking on new clients? Could I come talk to you? Mm-hmm. It was very like just direct, you know, and I mean, I'm a direct person, I think, but I was surprised by myself probably by making the phone call. And then I just remember going into that time with her where, um, I don't know, it was this very safe space. Mm-hmm. And she started to ask me questions and I started to unpack pieces of my story that I never knew mattered mm-hmm. or never knew added up to kind of where I had landed, if that makes sense. Okay. Like you develop, I think we develop patterns over time Mm -hmm. and, um, we could call them cycles, right. And you find yourself like back in that same place over and over and over again, but Mm -hmm. maybe in a different kind of a scenario Mm -hmm. or with different people. And Uh, you kind of ask yourself that question of like, how did I end up here again? Right. And what I would say is like that season, was only the beginning, that broken season was only the beginning of the brokenness that I was going to uncover probably over the next, not even probably, I do know this, over the next 15 years of my life. Okay. But it was a gateway. It led me into um, the possibility that life didn't have to look like that, that like my life could actually be something different Hmm. and that I could actually be someone that was worthy of love, someone that was worthy of being known and Mm -hmm. seen and heard Mm -hmm. and someone that knew that I had things to contribute, but they weren't my identity. Okay. Deep. Deep. Yeah. Trying to process all this right now. (laughs) Take a sip. Yes. Take a sip. (laughs) Cheers to self-revelations. Mm-hmm. So you feel like that that time within that counseling scenario was um, very transformative. Yeah. Yeah. It changed a lot for me. ask the right questions. And I feel the same way. In 2003, I had started counseling for some different things. But um, how transformational I think that time was. And to have somebody that had the training. Yeah. And to know how to go there with you and to ask the right questions and to not like shy away from the dark, but to say, you're right, you're at this place. Like, let's, let's do some work and let's like bring out some truth and reveal things that aren't lovely, Mm. you know, about yourself and about maybe family of origin and about the greater world at large and being able to walk that dark path with you for a long time. I mean, for me, it was like at least two years, um, pretty solidly. That's a very, um, powerful place to be and to see like in the, in the midst of it, the pain is so strong. You can't really like function or deal or do anything. But at, 
on the other side, you're like, there's so much <laughs> beauty and healing that comes out of putting in the work yeah. to address things and to look at things honestly. And then to say, and also to say, life is shit sometimes, right? And so, so what do we do with that? We're, we're always trying to make sense out of situations. We're always trying to reconcile. Sometimes things are our fault. Sometimes they're really not our fault. Yeah. Um, but how do we move through the devastation into a place that we can live, function, mm-hmm. have sadness, have joy, but not be debilitated? And even thrive, right? Like come to the other side and think about that my life could actually be such a wonder, like such an adventure, such a place of hope, such Mm -hmm. a place of peace. And, you know, you know, and then we'll run into something else, but there's this like thing about choosing in Mm -hmm. to that deep place. Um, to go into the darkness, knowing not what you're going to necessarily even find Find there. Right. But will it being willing to go and say, I I think it's worth what I'm going to uncover to move through, right? Not get over. And I, I think in my um, family, and I've talked to my um, my family about this, like one thing I heard a lot growing up was get over it. Uh-huh. And I'm not a proponent of getting over it uh-huh. in that sense. Um, I think that for me, I began to really learn in my own process and journey through counseling, through finding friends that loved me and um, helped me along, you know, in my story that I want to move through things Mm -hmm. so that I can get it over it. Like, I don't think I can just get over something. I think I actually have to go into it, sort out what, what's what there Mm -hmm. and then move forward from there. And I, I see a lot of people who are really stuck and I've been really stuck and, I, you know, I have places in my life right now where I'm stuck. You know that, like where, you know, you're like looking at these things and you're going, how in the world does this get better? Mm. Mm -hmm. But I have hope that it can and will, because I've actually lived before through something that I thought the exact same thing about. Right. Yeah. Will there be another side to this pain? Yes. Because currently, all I can see is this pain. <laughs> is the pain. And it sucks. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I remember our friend, one of our friends had said to us not so long ago here, like, people don't do this. They, like, don't go into it. You know, they don't mm-hmm. go into the play, the pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we're really good at avoiding it. Yeah. Right? What? Yeah. Because who wants to feel that? No. But the truth is we actually feel it and are acting out of it every single day if we're not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so we might pretend like it's, it is, it's that thing, denial again, showing up again. We might say, well, I'm just not go- going to, right? But the truth is it's affecting us every single day. It's stealing capacity from us. It's stealing emotional vibrancy. I keep hitting the mic. Um, (laughs) You know, it's it's stealing, it's stealing things from us. And and I think the more I've seen that over the years through those places, the more I'm unwilling to let it steal from me anymore. Right. So on the flip side of that, has there been a point in your adulthood that you have felt a lot of pride in or a lot of um, joy that you've been able to accomplish or achieve kind of something that you set out to do? Yeah. 
I feel like in a few ways, you know, I think that just choosing in to healing and transformation, personal transformation has been a win for Mm -hmm. me. You know, I, I think I look at myself, like if I think back, I'm 41 now, if I look back on me at 20 or 25 or 30 or 33 or, you know, there's some kind of key moments in some of those years I mentioned, but I, I just look back and I think you had no idea what you're capable of. Mm. And who you are capable of actually becoming. And now I know better. And I hope that when I'm 60 or 95, Mm -hmm. that I'll look back and think the same thing about 41-year-old me or 60-year-old me, you know? And so I think for me, I take a lot of encouragement in in the choosing in and like the grace that I've had like offered honestly to me to choose in. Like, I think that that's a grace and a mercy that I've been even able to choose in to the process and choose into healing and transformation. And I think that, um, there have been some moments when I've had to make decisions like to leave something right or to choose to go someplace. Right. So, um, leaving work scenarios has been a huge theme for me. There's been a lot that I've had to learn about who I am and what my motivation was around Mm -hmm. certain pieces of the work that I've done over the years um, in different contexts. And so I think it feels like a triumph to look back and go, wow, I was motivated out of so many places that were unhealthy and Mm -hmm. sad and broken. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in my work life, which you know right now is quite robust (laughs) Um, and Though there are great challenges in it right now, I feel very uh, content with the reality of what I'm learning and how I'm being trained and equipped for things that are in the future. Okay. And there's a lot of joy for me in that. Um, you know, I published the book this year. It took me 14 and a half years from the yeah. time that um, that came to me as an idea that I was going to actually do something like that and mm-hmm. felt completely ill-equipped and like, what in the world would I even say? Or why, why would people even care to listen or read this? Yeah. Um, from that point to, you know, February, like putting it out there and still kind of being quiet about it, to be honest. So it feels funny to even say it on here, but like, but just like this idea that our stories are worth sharing when we share our stories, we actually can help one another. Right. And I think there's something really powerful about that. And I think that the more that I sit with people and coach people and um, walk with them in their stories, I think that there is the sweetest um, opportunity to succeed together, I guess, is what I want to say. Like we, um, hmm. we basically can take pride maybe in the ways that we come together and Mm -hmm. connect and help each other move forward. And that probably for me is one of the greatest wins in my life Mm -hmm. is me moving forward, right? Having the grace and mercy to do that. Right. And then now helping other people move forward. Like that's one of my great things. Moments of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. (laughs) Um, We need people that are continually to cheer us forward and help to illuminate, I think, the path forward because sometimes we get stuck in our own heads and whirlwinds of things and um, the clarity that's needed and the goodness to pull out and say, here's things to work on, but here's also the goodness that we're going to pull out and then let's strategize a plan to move forward with that. And and I've been there, right? And so being able to 
have that realistic, um, emotional connection with somebody to Mm -hmm. say, you're not alone in this. Yeah. (laughs) And let's just honest, take an honest look at what's holding you back, right? right? Or what's holding me back. And when we can look at that honestly and dwell in reality, mm-hmm. we can actually move forward. It's sort of remarkable how that works. Right. Um, yeah. But we get to help each other. We get to help each other. Yeah. Which is the name of the game. I'm so thankful for that. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what else would we do? We need all We'd the things. We'd be a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be such a wreck. We'd be such a wreck. A and we wreck. need, right, we, we need, I think, all like the personality types. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Segway time. <laughs> Segue into so good. our one of our favorite <laughs> topics to chat about in mine mostly. Um, I should probably just name it Enneagram and Conversations. <laughs> Cocktails are great. Enneagram <laughs> is my jam. So funny. <laughs> um, so the next topic that I would love to dig in with you is obviously the Enneagram, which is, if you don't know, it's kind of like a personality roadmap that will help you. It's been a great tool in my life. It's not something to box you in or try to like place you within certain confines, but to help you, I think, see the holistic um, piece about just our DNA and like how we were created. And like, um, I think realizing that we're created so different intrinsically opened my eyes so much to the people in my life to myself, <laughs> self-awareness. Self-awareness is beautiful thing. Is the king. Mm-hmm. So I think that we both agree that on the Enneagram, you would identify as a six. As six. Yeah. Yes. Which shocked me. Which was a shock? Yeah. Okay. When I took the test. Did you think you were going to be a two? I didn't, well, I didn't, didn't really know. know. I remember um, another mutual friend of ours saying to me, oh, you're this. And I yeah. didn't remember the number that he had said. But okay. then later when I took the test, it so somehow, um, whichever, I know people can take different versions of it. Mm-hmm. But I took this one where you eliminated certain things and then it took you to a new screen. And then you read kind of like these three or four things and then you had to choose. Uh-huh. And then it said that I was a seven. Oh, mm-hmm. I tested as a seven. Weird. Yeah. Are we meeting in the middle between six and eight? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to hang out there and party like the seven. Yeah. So Let's just like, do that. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I don't really see that, that, but yeah. So I ended up like going back a screen because I thought I totally resonate with parts of this, but Mm -hmm. it felt like not exactly like it was me. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought I really get that part, that part, that part. So there was this, uh, maybe inclination in me. If I went back and looked again, perhaps I would find something that was a little closer you know, of a match. Mm-hmm. And so when sure. I did that, I saw that they had actually like almost testimonials, I, I guess, of people that were this type or that right. type or the other one. So I ended up just going through and listening. Um, I think they were just like audio files or something. So I went through and listened to several of them. The ones that I thought, I felt like that might be more me or that might be so more me. More of the of the six or of a different number? Well, so there was five and there right. was then there was a six and then there was a seven. <laughs> Insane. You got it. Where we're living. Yeah. yeah, and then there yes. was, and then there was maybe the two, or there were a few of them, something okay. like that. And I kind of every one of them that had kind of 
I had a little bit of a question mark in my mind about like, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. I went and listened to it and then it would kind of confirm, no, that's not, that's not it. And right. so, and I had started kind of with the seven cause I thought, well, maybe there's something I'm missing from their written description on that other page, whatever. So this feels like it's getting to be a very long story. No, this is <sighs> good. Okay, good. So, um, at any rate, I went to the six one, which I absolutely kept for like the last because I thought that is absolutely not Not the one. (laughs) Okay. Let's just keep that in mind. I did not want to be an eight. From the description, all the things I was like, no, I don't live completely out of fear and all about my safety and that, that, you Uh know? So uh, talk about denial, I I guess. But I, so then I listened to this testimonial and I cried. Mm. I, I had no reaction like that to any of the other ones, but it was like this person was basically telling me like my story. story. Yeah. And I think what I have noticed, Mm -hmm. if I might add that to this, is that I think that part of the reason I didn't choose it is because I'd worked through so much of it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I thought, well, that's not me anymore. I get that. Like, I've lived there. Trust me. I have been there. But that's not me. I don't live there anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's, you know, just that piece of understanding, I think, about the process, like many of the other, uh, you know... uh, assessments or whatnot that kind of help you understand more about who you are. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you might be like, I'm past that, but the truth is it still has been part of your life or who you are, mm-hmm. like kind of your makeup or parts of your makeup. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I, there I am. A there six. A six. Mm. Yeah. I would say the six would be an accurate description. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that. What do you see about a six? Yeah. I'm going to turn the tables and ask Dana a question. So before we jump into that, yeah. a six is the loyalist, mm. right? So very committed, security-oriented <laughs> type. <laughs> Engaging, responsible, like you yeah. said, of yourself. Anxious, suspicious. Sometimes. That's fun. I Let's, am. It's true. Okay. Let's be honest. We won't get into the deeper <laughs> stories. You won't get so, to know all of that today. Not but. today, but I can attest that maybe that they're there. <laughs> That's when you know you have a good friend. And yeah, um, and, 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 there, and definitely something that resonates is very responsible, right? Yeah. So I'm nodding. You're what? Nodding. You're nodding. Yes. I thought you said you're naughty. Oh. Oh. Okay. Drink some this water. Is, drink some water. <laughs> um, yeah. So the six uh, feels like a very, like a, a, pa- a compatible description of the ways that I see you engage with okay. within the world. Within the world. Yes. About being um, very driven. I think very wanting to like kind of research and know how to do a role well. Mm-hmm. And then the six can go to three in stress. Yes. Right? Oh man. Right. So I know being, that so well. I see. I lived right. that for like about a decade. <laughs> right. That was exciting. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Killed my adrenals just so we all know. Right. Don't do that. Don't, Don't be do a that. three in stress. Bad idea. Well, we uh, be a three if that's what you're created yes. to be. But in stress, in, I'm in saying stress. don't be a three in stress. Right. That's all it I'm saying. Bring. Yeah, threes get so much done. We're so thankful for threes. Mm-hmm. We love the threes. We love the threes. Don't get me wrong, threes. I yes. love you. Yeah. Yeah. So you do like accomplishing. Oh, yes. And right. And I think that you do like the security that having a stable position would afford you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
And then kind of being a little wary sometimes of people and maybe their motives. Oh, yes. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, duly, <laughs> and and rightly so with life experiences yeah. and the things that, like you said, you have worked through a lot of things and figuring out like, the truth in those in those places and where other people were coming from and then what's yours to own and yeah. moving into health in that way, but also guarding your heart, I think is very wise. And Thanks. Yeah. I hope so. But, um, it's good to do. So I think that we can also like, there's no need or there's no, uh, definitive, um, end goal or whatever to be able to say what your wing is. But <laughs> we have a little discrepancy have, between Dana and I. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, I mean, I don't know what's I right or wrong. I see both though. I do. You see both. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I would see more five mm-hmm. than seven. Mm-hmm. Um, five being the investigator and just, I know that you have a commitment to knowledge and I think that you have a commitment to like really digging in and really understanding and really having knowledge and that is also power to bring in to yeah. a situation and the beauty of having not taken something lightly but really investigated something or, or dug yeah. into something and being able to I think add that to the list of the qualities that you get to offer is something that I have seen within your life and your work. Yeah. And and the ways that you, that you do value doing a very thorough job and keeping, keeping a lot of things in your head and in your heart and being able to operate out of that knowledge. I do love to be thorough. You do love to be thorough. Very true. All the friends that I have, you are a very, (laughs) very steady person. Um, very, yes, <laughs> thorough, thorough person. Um, yeah. So I think the seven doesn't like, from what I've seen of you, like hasn't, doesn't, I don't see that side as much mm-hmm. maybe. And, um, I think you're not very distractible and that's something I think mm-hmm. is a theme with sevens. Sure. Um, they're kind of scattered. They're all over the place. They mm-hmm. want to be at every single thing all the time. They have the energy level of like, who knows what, <laughs> where um, did that come from? And we, but we have both of them. Absolutely. We have yeah. both of the wings. That's why they're there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and our friend Stefan had said kind of the wings are like, you're holding hands with both sides, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're, you're in touch with both of them. Yes. And then maybe it's the one that you kind of like lean more or is like a, a more tendency for you to kind yes. of like have as a natural tendency to live out within your life. So, um, within knowing about the Enneagram and about yourself in general self-awareness, like how do you think the Enneagram has made you, um, more aware in your relationships? And second question would be like how, like leading at work Mm -hmm. and work things. Like, how do you feel like that has impacted that? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I know enough about the Enneagram and yet I think I operate a lot thinking about strengths and thinking about um, like Myers, like Strengths Finders, mm-hmm. Myers Briggs. Um, there's a, 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 I don't want to call it an exam because I felt like one called the Berkman that I took through um, an organization I worked with years ago um, that's like this really crazy holistic thing about work. So for me, I, I guess maybe the simplest way of answering your question um, would be that I think 
all of the the assessment type of things, mm-hmm. uh, including the Enneagram, right? For me, have simply helped me better understand myself so that I can walk in self awareness, and as a result of that, hopefully, treat people better and be aware of why I'm doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. in any given moment. You know, not that we're always like that aware, but you know what I'm right. saying, like that I could check in with myself. I guess is what I'm trying to say. If I was triggered or if um, something just fell off with a person or mm-hmm. a conversation, or if I needed to accomplish something and figuring out the best way to do that based on who I am, but also the people that I'm trying to um, like align to the vision of the objective at hand. Right. Okay. So right. <laughs> that's thorough. How do you feel about that? You should be in my Monday briefings. They, they hear that word all the time. Thorough. Let's be thorough. Let's be so thorough. Right. Guess what? We're going to be thorough. Mm-hmm. Um, so five. Yeah, that is probably the, probably the five. Here, can I say real quick? I think the reason yes. the seven resonates. Yes. I, I feel like I just need to say this. Let's put it out there. It's like the, yes. I think because I like to know what the rules are so that I can color outside the lines. Mm-hmm. And also stay within the lines when I need to. So for me, there's this uh, innate desire for freedom that I think sometimes the five feels so constrained Mm -hmm. and even the six because of like that sense of like being on alert all of the time Mm -hmm. that the seven, there's this sort of uh, like lighthearted almost, not that they always are, by the way, because we know better. Right. But like... A more fluid, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And for me, then I kind of always know I can circle back to this. Mm-hmm. So I like to keep that in mind. Sure. So I like, but I like the freedom of that, if that makes any sense to you at all. I like the freedom to know that <laughs> I can thought go that. do this right, and come back to this mm-hmm. and all will be just fine. And I do that a lot in my life. I, I'll leave something because right now this has to happen mm-hmm. and then I'll come back. But there's something about me that I want to be able to structure and organize mm-hmm. around uh, that t- or with that type of fluidity because it's actually very like me trying to be very strategic. Mm-hmm. What's the most efficient way? What's the um, the best way to kind of accomplish this with all of the pieces or resources that I have in my hands right now, people or finances, you know, mm-hmm. like um physical, you know, technology, whatever like the resources are, right? Because there are lots of resources that we could talk about. So for me, I think that's part of it. And then sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I just like this weekend. Yep. Going out of town. Bye. I got to like get out of this place, go do something, see something different than mm-hmm. what I see in my day to day. Bye. Got to go. See you later. Right. You know? So, okay. That's me. Yeah. Tangent so- off there. I'll come back now right. to your question. Um, so Okay, you asked about leading people, like how that affects that, mm-hmm. and then what was the f- other, like relationships, the first thing? friendships? Yeah. So, for instance, like knowing that you're an eight, mm-hmm. I think uh, I was like, yes, for sure, and and then I think that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm pretty aware of how I relate to you differently because of you being an eight than I would to like my, you know, I've got a friend who's, um, a strong seven, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got lots of friends. Apparently I have no idea how this happened that are fours. Oh, I have so yes. many fours in my life. It's sort of unbelievable. So many. And I love them. Love them. Like love them. And they're mm-hmm. all unique and special. They are. <laughs> That's what they want to be. They're all unique and so special. You are making their dreams come true. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I think for me, that sense of, uh, probably knowing about 
sixes who love uh, safety, security, stability. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I think often when I'm relating to people that I'm trying to bring that to them. And then knowing that mm-hmm. like the nine, like mm-hmm. the best of the nine is like a six at their best, which I still think is so funny because I'm like, can't the six at their best just to be the best? <laughs> Do we have to be the best of the nine too? I don't know. I'm like learning all about the things. Mm-hmm. But but really a nine is a peacemaker. Yeah. So for me, if I'm in an environment where there's like a lot of different personalities happening mm-hmm. in the room and, you know, I think I'm, I try to build bridges. I guess is what I try to do. I try to say, okay, well, that thing is a good thing and that thing's Mm -hmm. a good thing and that thing's a good thing. And in a team environment, and I find this a lot in my work right now, I'm often saying, okay, they're really good at this. They're really good at this. They're really good at this. And so I'm moving pieces around to try to accomplish the objectives as well as try to care well for the people and make sure, I hope, that they're doing things that not only they're good at, but that they could take some enjoyment or pride in Mm -hmm. at the end of a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay, good. Totally. I wasn't sure how I was doing. That's- <laughs> <laughs> so technical. There are no right answers. <laughs> oh, okay, good. There. Um, thank you for sharing that. I would love if you could share with us a brief glimpse into your role at your jobs. Yeah. Kind of like all the things that you do. Yeah. That Jessica bought and habits within Orlando. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Right now it's quite a few things. Right. So I, I would say at the, at the core, I have discovered about myself that like I'm a consultant and a coach. Like okay. if I could say anything yeah. about me, those would be the primary things that I would And that's identify. where you would love to mainly live. Live. Yeah. 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 So, and the reason I think that is a good fit for who I am is I love people and I love process. And so combining those two things, whether it's in a business setting and more of like a management consulting kind mm-hmm. of a, a path, right. Or, or framework or a personal individual coaching, uh, platform. Right. It's a neat, privilege, honestly, to sit with people and try to figure out what their objectives are and then what their constraints are and help them move through Mm -hmm. their constraints. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah. So right now I, in my day to day, big picture, I'm running operations for a a company and managing day to day in that environment. I'm not doing independent consulting, um, too much right now because I just don't have the capacity with that work. And then Mm -hmm. I'm coaching, um, in the other sort of time Mm -hmm. that I have to carve out for personal, like I call it purpose coaching. And I do that with intentionality on purpose. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, because I really believe that when we move through, our, our cycles, our patterns to the mm-hmm. other side of those things. When we create exit strategies out of those places where we keep finding ourselves asking that question, how mm-hmm. did I end up here again? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this beautiful thing that we'll walk in called our purpose and we'll uncover it through the process of personal transformation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we'll get to do more of what we're really great at. And I really maintain this belief. I, I almost might say I, it's now to a conviction level for me mm-hmm. that you could actually know what your purpose is and do any job on the planet and huh. be totally content and happy at it Aww, because you know who, who you are at the core. So if I work... On a line at a factory. Yeah. 
but you know your purpose. You could do that with a lot of joy and contentment. I know it sounds like a reach. It feels risky to say it. it does. You know, but but I think that there's this thing in me that I walk around town and you know this about me. Like I'll run into people, I'll engage them, and I'll uncover things about them, even in a short interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing um, what happens. And and I think about that and I think, man, certainly, you know, I do want to give a little bit on this, like, thing I've just said that, you know, some people are more oriented towards people. Some people are like, they could just do the same task over and over and over each and every day. But Mm -hmm. I guess I would propose that even in like a factory working on the line at a factory, there are people around you and there are things to accomplish. And, um, I would shrivel up and die. You might, might. but you can make it a really beautiful factory. You just never know. Like I don't have that capacity for working on the line. I don't know. We could talk a lot about it later, but yeah. But I guess the bottom line point is that so often I think we try to put ourselves in a little bit of a box where we say, well, this is what I'm good at and this is what I love. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I need to do with my life versus saying, this is who I am and I offer who I am everywhere I go. Sure. And so if I'm living with like a really clear understanding of who I am at the core and what I offer, Mm -hmm. I can take that with me on a walk in the city. I can take that with me into my job. I can take that into a coaching appointment. I can take that into a factory line. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't preferences and that that's not important and valuable. I, mm-hmm. I think that it's more me probably swinging the pendulum to the other side saying we've become so convinced that it has to look like this we have to check all the boxes for me to be satisfied or yes. fulfilled in my world and my yes. job. As opposed to going, is, who am I right. and what do I offer to the world just by being me mm-hmm. and bringing that everywhere I go. Sure. Yeah. And you're also an oh, author. an author. Yes. Thank you. You wrote a book called? The Spin Cycle. Okay. So if you've heard us talking about that theme. Mm-hmm. What does the book give us like? Come on, girl. synopsis. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, it's really my story from age 20 to 32. I turned 32 at the very end of the book. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the second one-ish. We'll be real honest about that. I have the first page and the last – or first two pages and the last page written of the okay. second book. But, um, yeah, it's all about – my spin cycle mm-hmm. in during that season of my life. It's like me literally finding myself in the same places over and over and over again with different characters, if mm-hmm. you will, who are real life people. Right. Asking the question, how did I end up here again? Mm-hmm. Or why, why do I keep doing this? Or why does this keep happening? I mean, I don't know what your question is, but those were some of my questions. And I think they all boil down to how did I end up here again? And so, um, it really covers a lot of life. It covers me moving from Colorado to Boston where I lived for five years. And then, um, the early days of me moving to Orlando and ending up hush, like what's the word? Like spoiler alert. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Late late for me. I go to bed so early, (laughs) but, um, you know, of, uh, choosing to stay here and, Mm -hmm. um, which shocked me that I decided to do that, um, 10 years ago. So, uh, yeah, it's that it's me, growing up, it's me figuring out some things. And what I really have started saying about it, uh, to friends is it's really only the beginning of the story. I feel like that 
part of my story, 20 to 32, really sets me up for this whole last almost decade Decade, now, right, of life where I had no idea what was ahead of me. And that has become very special to me as I look back at the book and even how long it took to publish and um, kind of gain the courage to move forward and move it forward and eventually get it out. But I, I think I look back and I think, this is so foundational to everything that has happened in your life since then. Mm -hmm. Like these choices, these small choices, these moments of honesty, these moments of vulnerability, these moments Mm -hmm. of risk, you know, um, these moments of brokenness and, um, and feeling betrayed and lost and Mm -hmm. and feeling completely financially under the pile and, like at a loss when it comes to men and my work and wanting more, but not sure how to obtain that. And so I think, uh, I feel so grateful that I finally got it out. (laughs) Thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's really what I want to do is help people break out of their spin cycle. Right. Like that's what I really want to do. I want to help people break out of their spin cycle. Because we're all in one somewhere. Into something that is thriving. Thriving. Yeah. Yeah. A whole life. That is, I think, where we all want to end up. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. In health. Yeah. Um, but the hard work that it takes to get there mm. is is that choice, choosing in. Choosing to in. say, like, am I ready? Can I? Do I have the support? Am I going to yeah. have the courage to follow through? Yes. have if we're lucky enough friends to help us to stay that path yes. into the darkness and, and out into the light and, and then into thriving and into thriving, which is where we want to be. Yeah. It is. <sighs> I feel like I would be thriving <laughs> except for a couple things. <laughs> uh, there's that probably I, always a couple things. Love my <laughs> job, but I'm very grateful to have. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like I appreciate you, Jess, so much for what you do in the Orlando community and that you are faithful with your job and you have a passion for that. You have a passion to grow and and more so have a passion for other people to grow and just being able to bring wisdom into people's worlds and my world and, and the consistency and the steady that you bring to the sphere of influence that you have, I think is very important to have in this community, right? I think that Thanks, we're very Dana. built on mm-hmm. the people that make up Orlando and you've been here for almost 10 years. And so the consistency that you have brought, I think is very valuable mm-hmm. to my life. And I know to others and to your job where you are currently and where you're going to go and grow and all the things that you're doing. So all of the things. thanks for all you do <laughs> for Orlando. Thanks. Dana and for Marie. me. Well, and thanks for being my friend and helping me to sort through you know, all of the above. Mm, all of the above. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We all all have all of the above. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. And, and it ebbs and flows yeah. during seasons of life, right? Yeah. Because yeah. some seasons, like you were sharing recently, it's a great season right now. Great season. Yeah. And I'm in the midst of like, it is a great season. Mm-hmm. And it's also deep and challenging, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's it's neat when we get to be there together. Like going, yeah, okay, you're like at the high right now mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in the middle and we've got some friends maybe at the low and right. we all just get to be together in it. And that's really um, 
remarkable and special. I mean, special sounds like a funny word to use, but it does feel special. It feels like this is like a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Having good community is a incredible gift. Yeah. Yep. Getting those people and then keeping them around. Got to figure out how to keep them. (laughs) Yes. That's so important. (laughs) To have a friend, be a friend. I've heard that once before. Oh. You know, that could become our new little motto. Have a friend, be a friend. Have a friend, be, be a, a friend. friend. Have a friend. <laughs> Fair enough. Something we like all that. Need, yeah, we yeah. all need those yeah. connections. Yeah, and we do. Finding them sometimes, like in our thirties and forties, is a little yeah. trickier than you know than other things in life. Or especially if you like move to a new place after college or something, it's just like feel very blessed to find the people yeah. and then hang on to them. Yes, and then also be open to like. New, new people, people that you mm-hmm. meet and being able to yeah. have those connections and have consistency and yet have consistency new input and oh. new um yeah like new input right mm-hmm. there's people that just will add to our lives that we don't even know no, yet that we needed and it's gonna be then so we're neat like to meet where have them, you right? been in my life yeah like how did i so not glad you're know here now. you yeah right I've had a couple of those come this last year and it's like mm. how in the world you know and yet going well thankfully Dana's here and you know I could you I could list off several others but just sure wow they're still here mm-hmm. that's amazing and then I've got wow and they're added. in my life now wow how did that happen yeah it's it's neat right and then we get to be open to that too both yes keeping and keeping in the openness <laughs> and keeping and adding that's a good way to put keeping it keeping and adding yeah okay let's all do it so the final topic is oh. my very favorite and you probably already know this but it's rest you love it i love rest yeah um i was doing a little bit of that today mm-hmm. um it's something that i don't think people talk about enough or do enough um and I think that it is vitally important to health on so many levels. Yeah. What are some things, practices that you have adopted to be able to retreat, renew, restore, rest, play, discover? It doesn't have to be like sedentary, but like how, like for Jessica, bought, what does it look like for you to have a day of, of rest of or a rest. day off? Yeah. Yeah. So my immediate go-to is uh, walking. Mm. So I have walked the streets of the this city that and you're I love. very lucky to live in. And I'm very lucky to live in. I love living in the downtown area. Yeah, yeah. Lake Yule Heights. Yeah. Where Lake I currently Yule. reside yeah. for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And I love it. So for me to get out, get my little sneakers on cruise around say cruise hi cruise around people. what are you 50 <laughs> maybe no not not yet not but i'll yet. be excited to be it yes um yeah i i love that there's something in me that i think when i get outside with um you know i'll have i'll be listening usually to some sort of music or a podcast mm-hmm. um sometimes i'll just have my earbuds in but i opt not to listen to anything it just kind of depends right but get out and just walk the streets of our city yeah something really i feel so walker. yeah i'm a street walker <laughs> i'm a street walker <laughs> perfect perfect if you see me say hi um i'm the street walker yes. me. um but no i i mean i've had the most amazing interactions with people 
just by getting out and Mm -hmm. people that I wouldn't necessarily normally, uh, see on a regular basis. Sometimes I run into friends. Sometimes it's someone that's so outside my circle of, um, life or Mm -hmm. influence. And I feel like I reconnect with myself and with, um, humans just by doing that. Right. And it's a spiritual practice for me too. I just feel like that's a place for me to really engage, Mm -hmm. um, the Lord. And, um, so I'm always amazed by how much, uh, in that, and this feels restful to me. So it's so funny maybe to say that, but how much it matters to smile at someone and to say hello to them, Mm -hmm. to ask them how their day's going or to wish them a a good day. Like it's amazing to Mm -hmm. me, you know, um, how much that matters. And there's something in me that just comes to life when I have time Mm -hmm. to get out and do that. And then other times I really hope I don't run into anyone to be honest. Right. So there's like the flip side of that where sometimes like that's so restorative and typically my footpath will take me in one direction, uh, depending on, you know, what I social interaction you need. Right. And Uh what feels restful. And other times, you know, there's a couple spots that I really take myself that are more secluded and quiet and Mm -hmm. that's really purposeful on Mm -hmm. my end. So that's an immediate thought, um, and practice. I think I, you know this about me, but I I can be such a homebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes because of the level that I operate at when I'm outside of my home, I really have to have that quiet time at home. And I mean, it might be that I'm sitting on my sofa Mm -hmm. and staring out the window. I mean, I'm not (laughs) super complicated when it comes to that. I, you know, I I can kind of just be really at rest like just that. unplugged yeah and yeah. in quiet like right. often I won't even play music or have mm-hmm. anything going on I think um years ago uh it was hard for me to sit in the quiet and nowadays I crave it like mm-hmm. I'll feel like oh my gosh there's so much noise I have to have quiet and so I'll carve out space for mm-hmm. that um and I find Same. that to be really valuable and restful yeah Um, I also find that to be some of my most creative time, both like when I'm walking and when I'm just sitting like in that kind of a posture with nothing else going on. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, honestly will sometimes feel so frustrated because I'll be like, I'm resting and I'll have all of these ideas that come up. And so I'm like pulling my phone out and I'm typing all of the notes and, you know, or doing a voice memo to capture it more quickly so I don't miss it. Um, but that's really restful too, just like that place of being open to mm-hmm. creativity bubbling up and ideas coming and solutions coming. Um, yeah. I think pretty deeply about um, how we can contribute to the vibrancy and life of our city and it, the people here. Mm-hmm. And so often in those spaces, I find that I'll have fresh ideas about how hopefully I can be a part of making a much larger contribution and difference in our city. So, and that's restful for me because it's Mm -hmm. like so fun. It's filled with like so much life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I love to travel too. I haven't been doing it much at all in the last few years or it's been really dedicated for the purpose of other people. And so, um, I, I love it when I can kind of just get away and I'll often just drive myself to a favorite little beach town here and get, out of town, you know, for even a day or a half a day, sometimes overnight, but that is highly restful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then when I'm traveling, traveling, I really value going and seeing old friends. 
that mm-hmm. have known me forever mm-hmm. that you, you know, those kind of friends, you just like fall into right. it with them. Like yeah. you don't even, even if you haven't seen them for ever quite a while. Yeah, yeah. You can just pick right up and it feels as though no time has passed. And there's something in me that being known mm-hmm. and that connection yeah. that safety. Yeah. Hey, yeah. safety. <laughs> yeah. It feels like I, sure. like I think, um, my friend Alex in Boston and my friend Emily in Colorado, um, Whenever I'm with uh, them, I just am like, this is just me. I'm here. Here we are. Mm-hmm. There's something profound to me about how that works. And yeah. I love it. I love it. What would be if you had an ideal dream day off? Oh. <laughs> day off. It could be here. It could be anywhere. Money is no object. But what would your like ideal day of rest look be? like? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So wherever I was, because I could do this in many places. Okay. Um, I think I would have to get some coffee. Some coffee. Mm, I'm not having it right now. Clearly. But clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm, but good, strong coffee. Okay. Don't put anything in that either. Just mm. straight up. Straight up. Like a cup of black coffee. Yeah. The darker, the better. Ugh. Yeah. I love it. Great. I'm so glad. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm missing it right now. Okay. <laughs> we purposely did not put coffee in my cocktail. We did not. This evening. Yeah. Back to the cocktail mm-hmm. because... Yeah, of the break. But um, coffee, I I love if I can go um, to a museum. Mm-hmm. That's really fun mm-hmm. and restful mm-hmm. just to kind of go take things in, walk around, be slow about it, grab a yummy meal with a friend, sit somewhere outside, mm-hmm. read a book, or listen to a podcast. I think that I don't often do that, but those are things that I could do on a day off. Sure. Should I have one? Should you have one? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of a wanderer. I don't feel like I like, and that's maybe that's why I feel like I'm a seven sometimes because, or I resonate with that because I feel like I don't necessarily want to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I want to have elements of things that I know I'll like, and then I'll go find them. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I don't like to totally map it out. I don't either. Yeah. I don't like having a timeline and having like hard set fast times. You have to be here at 2 p.m. You have to be here at 6 p.m. It's like I have this whole day. Yes. And I can wander and explore. Yes. Whatever happens, happens. And that will make it to dinner at some point. Yeah. I'll eat food for sure. Right. 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 But there's no like schedule. Unless there's like a movie or something. Right. It's like, I know. Well, that's going to start at some time, whether I'm there or not. (laughs) Yes. I better maybe go or the hours of the museum are Are open time to this time. So better make it there during that. Right. But yeah, I I think for me, the unscheduled Mm -hmm. is probably my favorite and most stressful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Okay. I would take one of those Let's days. do that sometime Let's soon do together. That. Yeah. I'm, I am. I am definitely <laughs> into that. Um, so as we wrap up, is there one final thought or piece of wisdom or life mantra that you could share with us? Whoa. I know. Whoa. <laughs> Our life, she didn't prepare me for this question, everybody. Hmm. Maybe we can start with this question. Okay. And then we can follow up with that one. Okay, I'll think about that. Um, how can we find you online um, and what do you offer? Like how do we what is locate me? We locate you yeah. online. Yeah. And what are the things that currently you offer to the world? To the world. All right. So I'm on Instagram. Okay, heard and of it. Facebook. Great. And not so much Twitter lately. I kind of I don't know. 
left it somehow. Sorry, Twitter. I still have I it. Left Twitter but like I haven't, ten years yeah, ago. I haven't so been on there. It just got so ugly. So I had to stop. Right. Um. Yeah. So Instagram and Facebook, you can find me Jessica on purpose. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Both okay. places, Jessica on purpose, and. I'm trying to be better about posting things, but as Dana can attest, it, I go in spurts. <laughs> I have like spurts of inspiration and there I am. Sure. Hello. Nice yeah. to see you all. And then et cetera. Um, yeah. And then my website, uh, jessicabot.com, B as in boy, O-T-T.com. Okay. I'm there. And yeah. And I think these days, the major thing that I'm talking to people about is uh, the book, that is of interest to you to read my story and yeah. figure out, man, do I, I live in a spin cycle? It's called the spin, spin cycle. cycle. And you can find it on Amazon.com. Yeah. Okay. You can just type in the spin cycle, Jessica bot. Right. And then you'll find it. Cool. Yeah. So it's there. Yes. And then, yeah, I am um, coaching people and I love that. So mm-hmm. if you are someone that you're trying to figure out, how do I move forward or I feel stuck or I have this idea, but I just need support along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking that question that we've brought up a couple of times today. Like, how did I end up here again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're ready to not be there anymore. Right. I'm really good at helping people figure out how to not be there anymore. So we got to figure out what's That's under very, all that. Very helpful knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And skill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me today and I thought it was a great question, but just uh, like, what does that look like? You know, and really it looks like me sitting with you and finding out where you're at and what you're experiencing in your life right now and designing it around you. So I just feel like, um, yeah, there's something really important about looking at the person in front of you and knowing what their current reality is mm-hmm. and going from there. And that's my favorite thing. So, yeah. so don't feel like I'm going to put you on like the 10 steps to, I don't know, I don't really have 10 steps, but I have lots of tools. Right. And, um, okay. Good at locating patterns. Yeah. And constraints. For helping with growth. Yes. And health. To move forward. To move forward. Big idea. Move yep. forward to move forward. So, those are those things. And yeah, maybe maybe the thing to leave with in terms of the big idea is what I say somewhere on the site these days. I've moved it around, but just I'm really here to help people live their purpose on purpose. And I think that there is an intentionality around us living our lives. Um, and there's choices that we make to say, this is my life and I'm going to own it and I'm mm-hmm. going to own who I am. And I'm going to uh, contribute what I was made to contribute. And that's so important. And it's mm-hmm. s- like so important to the degree that I have to move forward because the world needs me to offer what I have to offer. The world needs me to live on purpose, mm-hmm. right? The, le- the world needs me to live my purpose on purpose. And um, so that's what I would say. I yeah. want you to live your purpose on purpose. And I, I'm doing the same over here. And I'm working that out every single day. And you could <laughs> ask Dana Marie Lockmore if that's mm-hmm. the truth. And I think she would tell you that's the it truth. Is the truth. Yeah. For all of us. For all of us. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you can do it. Like, I think that's the other maybe brief little follow-up is mm-hmm. it is in you to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Just a reminder and a calling out. Yes. 
out and into yes good things yes yeah vibrant thriving mm-hmm. life yeah yeah it's there it is there I promise Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I love doing some drinking and chatting (laughs) and can't believe we have like the miss, um, what was it? The miss congeniality miss. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, miss, um, considerate, considerate. Here I am. (laughs) Miss considerate of eighth grade right here, right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So great. Amazed, as my Um, friend would say. Amazed. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for all the things and for being on this podcast. And until the next time. Until the next time. See ya. See ya. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 